RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. Tonight's headlines. COVID cases are reported in more schools, but officials say it's a sign of community infections, not classroom outbreaks. Paul Chan rules out changes to the currency peg, saying it's key to economic confidence. And in London, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson battles for his political life. Health officials say they've asked two schools to suspend individual classes after pupils came down with COVID. At one of them, Kowloon Tong Funfall English Primary School, three classes are on hold for a few days after a dozen pupils contracted the virus. The Centre for Health Protection's Dr Chuan Shuk Kwan said this reflects increasing transmission in the community. We have received 204 uh, positive cases among the schools and they are coming from more than 140 uh, schools. So each school may have one or two cases mostly and a few of them have more than two or three cases. So this reflects the situation in the community. So this may not reflect there is outbreak in those schools. Officials reported 543 new COVID infections, including 86 imported cases. No further COVID patients died. The Financial Secretary, Paul Chan, says the government has no plans to review the currency peg for the US dollar, saying the exchange rate mechanism has worked effectively since 1983. His comment came amid discussions on whether the linked exchange rate system should be changed to ensure financial security. Mr Chan told a LegCo panel meeting the peg is crucial to maintaining confidence in doing business here. We have been through a lot in the past and this system has given the international community confidence that under the basic law, capital inflows and outflows are free and our exchange rate is stable. You could transfer money in and out at any time. This confidence is important, especially when there are political or economic incidents and people lack confidence. It is a ballast. The Education Secretary, Kevin Young, says schools must ensure they don't have any publications that may violate the national security law. He made the comments after a newspaper reported that some school libraries have pulled books from their shelves citing the legislation. Here's Frank Young. Ming Pao reported that books which have been removed involve topics such as Chinese political culture and social movements. Some schools reportedly complained about a lack of specific guidelines from the Education Bureau on vetting such reading materials and admitted it had led to self-censorship. In response, Education Chief Kevin Young said it's been explained to schools clearly that libraries should choose books which are suitable for students' age and meet teaching needs. He also stressed that educators are responsible for ensuring their libraries do not contain books that may endanger national security. A scaffolding collapse forced road closures and disrupted traffic in Chengshuan this afternoon. Police say the scaffolding that fell was up to 40 metres tall and about 20 metres wide. Three lanes of Chengshuan Road have been cordoned off through the rush hour as a result, with more than 50 bus routes di- diverted. Overseas, British government ministers have been publicly declaring their support for the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, ahead of a vote of confidence tonight on his leadership. The ballot was triggered after dozens of lawmakers from his Conservative Party wrote official letters calling for him to go. Mr Johnson is under attack for a number of reasons, including allowing parties at Downing Street during Covid lockdowns. John Barron is a Conservative MP who says he's lost confidence in the Prime Minister. It's a very personal thing, this in many respects. For me, this is about the integrity 
of Parliament and whether Parliament was knowingly misled. I've come to the view that the Prime Minister's assurances that there was no rule-breaking is simply not credible. One of Mr Johnson's supporters, the Education Secretary Nadim Zahawi, appealed for unity. I feel sad and heartbroken that colleagues are currently having to attack one another. I think that's wrong. I think we have to come together. We are strongest when we're united. Yes, of course, it's a difficult time. We've been in power for 12 years, but we've got so much more to do. And a look at the weather. Cloudy to overcast with showers and squally thunderstorms. Those showers will be heavy tomorrow. Temperatures will range between 26 and 29 degrees. Moderate south to southwesterly winds occasionally fresh. The outlook there are going to be more heavy showers and squally thunderstorms in the coming couple of days. Temperature at the observatory now 29 degrees, humidity 85% and the thunderstorm warning is in effect. You're tuned out to RTHK, the time is 5 minutes past 11. The chief executive-elect, John Lear, set out his thoughts on improving governance in Hong Kong. He indicated that his decisions and actions in running the SAR will be informed by his long service in the police. Joanne Wong reports. In a commentary published in the One Way Po newspaper, John Lee said there are four key areas when it comes to strengthening the quality and level of governance. He wrote that his 35 years of experience working in the police force had helped him to understand the importance of rising to challenges to tackle problems. He spoke of the need to plan carefully for each project and focus on the outcome. Hong Kong's next leader also highlighted the significance of building strong team spirits and having good risk management skills to plan for any adversities that may arise. He stressed in the article that if national security cannot be guaranteed, there won't be stability or prosperity in society. Mr. Lee said it's only if society is stable that we can push ahead with economic development and ensure the sustainability of one country, two systems. But he said with the revamped electoral system in place over the next five years, his government will lead the people of Hong Kong in starting a new chapter and scaling new heights. A study conducted by the Jockey Club shows 85% of parents are worried about how their kindergarten-aged children are developing amid the first wave of the pandemic. The study, which involved a survey of 700 parents last month, also found concerns about a worsening relationship with their children. The pressure of trying to work from home while looking after children affected about two-thirds of those questioned. Dr Patrick Hepp led the research. A normal child, particularly when they are in the kindergarten stage, they need to grow up with normal social interactions and also a lot of physical activities. But during the uh, COVID outbreak and everyone needs to stay at home, actually those children need to crowd in a very small household environment without the chance to going out or to interact with anybody. They do not have the chance to express what they lead physically as well as mentally. So that's why they would easily gone into bad temper, maybe even sometimes temper tantrum at home. Overseas, fire officials in Bangladesh have accused the operator of a container depot hit by a deadly fire yesterday of failing to store chemicals safely. They say hydrogen peroxide was not correctly labelled with the result that firefighters doused the flames with water instead of foam, exacerbating the blaze. At least 49 people were killed and hundreds are still listed as missing. Shanawaz Khalid of the local police says the identification process will take time. Relatives are coming in to give DNA samples to see if any unidentified bodies are their family members. We've already collected over a dozen samples. It'll only take a few days to examine those. 
but it'll take up to a month to run DNA tests on the unidentified bodies. These people witnessed the fire. There was a terrifyingly loud blast. I thought a bomb had exploded. It was like an earthquake. All the houses around shook. There was a sudden explosion from one of the containers. It was like a massive bomb blast. The impact shattered all the windows in my building. Everybody was petrified. People were running helter-skelter out of fear. We all ran as fast as we could to get away from the blast. The United Nations has warned that it faces grim choices in Afghanistan, where it only has enough funding to help half of those who are hungry. Philip Kropf of the World Food Programme in Kabul said that the conflict in Ukraine had pushed up the price of food, fuel and shipping, leaving it with much higher costs and a growing crisis. We have 20 million people in need of assistance, of food assistance going hungry every day, families across the country. And now we are in a situation where we do not have the funding to continue at the same pace or scale. The UN climate change chief, Patricia Espinoza, has appealed for worldwide efforts to tackle global warming to create unity at a time of conflict. Negotiators from almost 200 countries are in Bonn to prepare for a COP27 summit in Egypt in November. Ms Espinoza said it would take place in a world that had changed dramatically. It is a world beset with conflicts, energy, food and economic crisis and the global pandemic is still with us. And yet I appeal to all of you not to lose hope not to lose focus. The Sri Lankan president, Gotabaya Rajapaksa, has told Bloomberg he will finish the remaining two years of his term despite months-long street protests calling for his ouster. But he says he won't stand for re-election. His older brother, Mahinda Rajapaksa, stepped down as prime minister last month after clashes between government supporters and the protesters turned bloody. Mike Weeks reports. Sri Lanka is suffering its worst economic crisis in decades and anti-government protesters blame the Rajapaksa family for decisions that have led to severe shortages of everything from fuel to medicine, stoking inflation of 40% and forcing an historic debt default. Thousands of demonstrators have camped outside the president's seaside office since mid-March, forcing him to retreat to his barricaded official residence about a kilometre away. Mr Rajapaksa told Bloomberg he wouldn't go, but said he would not contest again. More now in our main international story this hour, the no-confidence vote called by lawmakers from Britain's governing Conservative Party in Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Lawmakers will begin casting their votes in a couple of hours. But what do British people think? These members of the public said that the Prime Minister needs to go. I hope he gets no confidence, because I've got no confidence in him. The right thing to do. I just think it's lie after lie, after lie, after lie, after cover-up, after cover-up, after change the rules. He's a waste of time. He's, well, very corrupt and very incompetent. There's not a you know, great deal more to say. I don't think there's anybody, personally, within the Conservative to... I think they've all lied for him. But others say Mr Johnson remains the right man to lead the country. With what he's had to deal with, he's done a good job. Let's move on and deal with what's going on now, really. And there's too much, you know, to deal with now. I like him. I think he's he's all right. He, he dealt with Covid 
Okay, there's a lot of scandal gone on, but he dealt with COVID and he got the vaccinations out. And I think we should just get on and move on and worry about things like Ukraine and not who had a glass of wine and a bit of cheese. What's thought to be the world's biggest trial of a four-day working week is beginning in Britain today. More than 3,000 people from about 70 companies will take part in an experiment where they'll work for fewer hours with no loss of pay. The BBC's Emma Simpson has more. Dozens of different companies are taking part in this experiment, from office-based software developers and recruitment firms to charities and a small brewery. The challenge, can their workers be more productive? They'll be getting 100% of their current pay for 80% of the hours. Researchers from universities in the UK and US will measure their efficiency and well-being and the impact on the environment and gender equality. Sport and the Golden State Warriors are back on level terms in the NBA Finals. Steph Curry led the way with 29 points as the Warriors overwhelmed the Celtics 107-88 in Game 2, tying the best of seven series at one game apiece. The series now moves to Boston for Games 3 and 4, and Warriors coach Steve Kerr has the keys to get a total team effort. You know, Boston's a hell of a team. They're, um, you know, they have a great defense. They've got um, guys who are athletic and and powerful and can get to the rim and so um, whatever it takes you know we're going to need contributions from a lot of people and um, you know I think we're, we're perp- perfectly capable of winning games uh, where Steph doesn't have a huge night um, it just means other guys gotta gotta step up and and score for us but that's um, that's something that they've done all year. Game three of the series takes place on Thursday morning Hong Kong time. And in football, it was heartbreak for Ukraine as Wales won the playoff final to claim the last European spot at the World Cup in Qatar. The two sides met in Cardiff in a game full of emotion and high drama. Ukraine winger Andrei Yarmolenko scored the only goal of the match, heading a Gareth Bale free kick into his own net. After the match, Bale called the result the greatest in the history of Welsh football. It's been a, a crazy journey from 150 odd in the world to, to qualifying for two European Championships and a World Cup and um, literally it's what dreams are made of. You see how much it means to all of us. We've been from the start and we, we've kind of paved the way for, for the youngsters as well. We've, we've welcomed them in really good. It's the first World Cup for Wales since 1958, their only previous appearance in the finals. A reminder of our top stories tonight. Covid cases are reported in more schools, but officials say it's a sign of community infections, not classroom outbreaks. Paul Chan rules out changes to the currency peg, saying it's key to business confidence. And in London, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson battles for his political life. The news from RTHK.
To our second hour this Monday evening here in Hong Kong, the Mamas and Papas dedicated to the one I love. Thanks for tuning in. Peter King with you and our marvellous musical magical mystery tour full of memories and songs maybe you forgot about. I went to a garden party to reminisce with my old friends. A chance to share old memories and play our songs again. When I got to the garden party, They all knew my name No one recognized me I didn't look the same But it's all right now I learned my lesson well You see, you can't please everyone So you got to please yourself People came from miles around Everyone was there broader walrus there was magic in the air and over in the corner much to my surprise mr hughes hidden dylan's shoes wearing his disguise but it's all right now i learned my lesson well Okay. 